You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. We pray this message encourages you today. Thanks for listening. Well, for the past few weeks, we've been in an Advent series, and we've talked about two themes. We've talked about preparation and waiting. Preparation, preparing our hearts for Jesus Christ to come to us afresh in this season. We've talked about waiting, entering into the story of God's people who waited for generations for their Savior to come. Now, speaking of waiting, we got some kids in the house today for full family worship. How many of you kids, you just can't wait to open some presents tonight, for tomorrow, Christmas Eve? Yeah, we got some adults who I think are excited too, kids. I'm just saying. How many of you adults remember what it was like when you were a kid and you just couldn't wait to open those presents for Christmas? I remember going to bed like the night before Christmas and just like tossing and turning. I couldn't go to bed at night and then waking up in the morning. And as soon as it dawned on me that it was Christmas morning, like running straight to my parents' room and like jumping on their bed, waking them up so we could open those presents. Well, here's the good news. The wait is over. Like Christmas is here. Today is the day that we celebrate the good news for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Come on, that's what we're here to celebrate today. Now, Christmas isn't just a story about how Jesus came. I know we think of that quite often this time of year. We, we hear the Christmas story. We see the nativity uh, scenes depicted. But it's not just a story about how he came, but it's a story that reveals who God is. See, how Jesus came reveals who he is. When we want to know what God is like, we look no further than the person of Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us that Jesus is the perfect representation of God the Father. He is the full revelation of who God is. And so when we wonder what is God like, we look at the person of Jesus Christ. And so today I want to share three truths with you about who Jesus is. Three truths that we learn from Christmas. Now, this is going to be an interactive service today. Okay, we're going to be giving and receiving communion and lighting up some candles. You guys, your kids got your candles ready to go. All right, so you're not going to be passive recipients. You're going to be active participants in the message today. But here's the first truth, truth number one, three truths we learn at Christmas. Number one, Jesus is God's gift to us. Jesus is God's gift to us. Christmas is the celebration of the greatest gift that the world has ever received. John 3, 16, the most famous scripture in all of the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life like this is what we celebrate at Christmas that God gave us his one and only son now how many of you remember when you were a kid just hoping and wishing that your parents were going to give you that one gift that you'd been sending signals you'd been leaving notes like you've been letting them know right like this is this one for Christmas to be good for me this year you got to give me this one gift you know, kind of like Ralphie in the movie Christmas Story. He wanted a Red Ryder BB gun. How many of you remember that? He was just dying for that Red Ryder BB gun. You'll shoot your eye out. I'm just telling you, you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> but you know, like maybe your parents gave you a couple warm-up gifts. You know, maybe they gave you some gifts that were a hint at was, as to what was to come. But when that, that, that one gift came that you finally opened, that you had been hoping for, wishing for, do you remember the joy you felt? when you unwrap that present. You know, when I think about that, I think about probably the best gift I ever received for Christmas was the first time I got a new bicycle. See, growing up, I was a middle child, so I had hand-me-down bikes. And uh, when I was 10 years old, my parents got me a Western Flyer bicycle from Kmart. And they may as well have bought me a Porsche because that thing was amazing. 
I remember getting up that Christmas and running into my parents' bedroom and my dad had my bike all put together. And if I remember right, a light shined from heaven on my bike. There was a choir of angels singing the hallelujah chorus. At least that's how I remember it. <laughs> and I think I rode my bike like right out of the house and just, just rode it all day long. It was amazing. It was awesome. Now, as adults, as we grow up, the list of things that we want out of life changes, doesn't it? You know, we want things like peace of mind. We want things like healthy relationships. We want financial security. And, and when we find ourselves going through a season where there's something we really need, we stop hoping and wishing and we start praying. Isn't it interesting that whether you consider yourself to be a committed follower of Jesus or maybe you're not even a regular church goer, that we instinctively, when we're in a time of need, we instinctively cry out to a higher power who can help us when we're in need. We find ourselves praying like, God, if you're up there, I need you to, to heal my loved one who's sick in the hospital. Like, God, if you're up there, I'm going through this difficult time and I don't think I have what I need to make it on my own. God, you got to help me get through this. God, you got to help heal my broken heart as I'm overcoming this loss in, in my life. And let me tell you this, as we read the Gospels, as we look at the life of Jesus, here's what we see. Jesus was the answer to so many people's prayers. Just like we hope and we wish and we long, people in the Gospels did the same thing. And we see that Jesus was the answer to people's prayers. We read about a woman who the Scripture tells us was hemorrhaging. She was bleeding. And she had spent everything she had on doctors and she hadn't gotten any better. In fact, she got worse and she saw Jesus in a crowd and she thought if I could just touch him, if I can just do the, get to the crowd of people and touch him, I would be healed. And that's what she does. She just touches the edge of his cloak and she's instantly healed. Jesus is the answer to her prayer. We read about a religious official named Jairus whose daughter, whose precious daughter was sick, deathly ill, and he goes to Jesus in desperation. And he says, Jesus, you gotta come to my house. My daughter's sick, I, I need you to heal her. And by the time Jesus gets to Jairus' house, his daughter's already dead. But Jesus goes in her bedroom and he takes her by the hand and he says, wake up, get up. And he raises her back to life. He answers this father's prayer. Jesus meets a leper. And you have to understand, a leper in Jesus' time didn't just have a catastrophic medical condition. They were also a social outcast. They were untouchables. And this leper says to Jesus, if you are willing, heal me. And Jesus says, I'm willing. And he reaches out and he touches the untouchable. And he heals this man. He answers his prayer. Oh, let me encourage you today. If you're praying for something, Jesus is the answer to your prayers. He can heal. He can save. Come on, he can restore the brokenhearted. He can give you peace. He can fill you with hope and purpose in his presence. And you are surrounded by people in this room today who would tell you Jesus was the answer to my prayers. Jesus forgave me. He saved me. He healed me. He gave me purpose when I felt purposeless. He filled me with his presence when I felt lonely. He, he gave me strength and hope. Oh, Jesus has been God's gift to me. How many of you can testify to that? Jesus has been God's gift to me. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I love the message paraphrase. It says real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Like that is what Christmas is about. The gift of new life in Jesus Christ, more and better life than we ever dreamed of. Like Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. 
But oh, it gets better than that. It gets better than that because Jesus invites us into this whole giving thing. See, here's what we see as we encounter his life. We see that he gave himself away. He healed, he saved, he raised people back from, from the dead. He delivered people. He even went to the cross and in the greatest act of self-sacrificial love the world has ever seen, he gave his life away. And then before he leaves to ascend back to heaven, he tells his disciples, follow my example. I want you too to give your lives away. In fact, Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Jesus said this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This past week, we had the privilege of blessing a few families in our church because of your generosity. Uh, we got to bless some families with a check just in time for Christmas. We got to bless a single mom who's working hard right now, two jobs and, and, and going to school. Got to bless her with a little something. We got to bless a family who just had a brand new baby and the husband is laid off from work right now. And can I just tell you, it was, it's more of a joy to give than, than to receive. It's more a joy for me to bless those families than probably anything else I'm going to get this, this Christmas. See, there's nothing like being the answer to someone's prayer. And when you give, when you're generous, you can become the answer to someone's prayer. Just like the, Jesus was the answer to so many people's prayer, he invites us to be a part of that. He wants to work through us. See, when you receive a gift, the blessing of God comes to you. But when you give, the blessing of God flows through you. And so we learned that Jesus is God's gift to us. Number two, Jesus is God with us. He's God with us. In Matthew's version of the Christmas story, he gives us kind of a backstory to the Christmas story. We read about how Joseph is betrothed. He's engaged to, to Mary. And of course, we know that uh, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and tells her she's going to be, uh, she's going to be giving birth to the savior of her people. It's going to be a miraculous conception. And so Mary, of course, shares this news with Joseph. How would you like to be a fly on the wall during that conversation? Hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Joseph's like, I need to sit down and process this for a moment. <laughs> so Joseph, you know, he decides he's going to break off their engagement. But then we know that an angel speaks to Joseph in a dream and tells him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife. Let's pick it up. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 through 23. She, Mary, will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's God with us. That's who Jesus is. At Christmas, we celebrate the miracle of the incarnation, literally the infleshing of God. We celebrate this truth that the church has believed for 2,000 years, that Jesus Christ was fully divine and fully human. He's fully divine. That's God. And yet he's fully human. That's God with us. The Apostle John, in his famous introduction to his gospel, he put it this way, John chapter 1, verse 14. He said, the word, which is just a theological term to refer to Jesus, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. I love the message paraphrase of verse 14. It says this, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Oh, I love that picture. That's who Jesus is. He's, he's the God who came to us in flesh and blood. John tells us he's not just God up there somewhere, but he's a God who came close to us. He's a God who came to us in the form of a person. He's a God who's walked in our shoes. He understands what it is to be human because he's been one of us. He's God with us. That's who Jesus is. 
And you know, the incarnation was a great mystery. In the early centuries of the church, the scholars and theologians, they discussed this. And there was this question like, why, why would God come to us in the form of a human being? Why would he come to us born as a baby? And I understand that question. Maybe it's because I've had three babies in my house. Now, my babies are all grown up. But when I stop and think about it, like, Mary changed the son of God's diapers? You know, like, did Jesus go through his terrible twos? Like, just blows my mind. Oh, come on, you got to have a little fun today. It's Christmas Eve. Come on, church. It just blows my mind. As a parent, when I think about that, you know, that, that, that the Son of God, he came in the form of a baby. And one of the early church fathers, Athanasius of Alexandria, who lived in the fourth century, he gave what I think is probably the best and most famous answer to this question of why did God come in the form of a human being? Here's what he said. He said, God became human in order that humans might become divine. In other words, God became like us so that we could become like him. God took on our nature so that we could take on his nature. The apostle Peter said it this way, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. He said, and because of his, because of Jesus Christ's glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desire. Peter tells us that because of what Christ has done, we are actually able to share in the divine nature of God. Oh, think about that for just a, more, a moment. God is God. He's not like us. He has a divine nature. He's sinless. He's holy. Yet he came to us and he took on flesh and blood. He took on our, our nature so that he could become like us and, and, he, and he raises us to himself. He fills us with his Holy Spirit and he makes us like him. He unites himself with us and he makes us holy. He makes us holy. Let me put it to you this way. Do you ever feel like there are two versions of yourself? Like there's the you on your best days and there's the you on your worst day. Anybody? Am I the only one who ever thinks of myself that way? Like, come on, you know you. The person sitting next to you knows you on your best day and your worst day. They're like, yeah, there's two versions of you for sure. Listen to the pastor. <laughs> I think we all feel that way at times. Like, I think we all have, have this sense, like, if I could just overcome what's holding me back, I could live that best version of myself. Like, if I could just overcome my bad temper, you know, if I could just kick that habit, that addiction, that temptation that I always give into, if I could just stop making selfish decisions at times, I could finally be the person I've always wanted to be. Oh, church, let me encourage you today. The miracle of Christmas is the new person you can become because of what Jesus Christ has done for you at Christmas. You can be a redeemed version of you. You can be a new person because he's God with us. He literally shares his nature with us. Oh, think about what's natural to us as human beings. I know it's natural of myself. We can be selfish. We can be unforgiving. We can be greedy. We can be a lot of things, but think about what God's nature is like. He's loving and gracious and kind and self-sacrificial. And Christmas is the blending of those two natures. The God of all creation steps out of the splendor and majesty of heaven, and he shares his divine nature with you and me. What a wonder. What a wonder Christmas is. And so Christmas isn't just a nice little story about a, God, about a baby and some farm animals. It's a story about a God who took a radical step toward us in uniting himself with us to share his divine nature with us. And because of that, we'll never be the same. We can be a new person. We're talking about three truths that we learn about who 
Jesus is from Christmas. We know that Jesus is God's gift to the world. He's God with us. And number three, Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light of the world. How many of you love Christmas lights? Anybody like me and you just love Christmas lights? I, I love Christmas lights because especially this time of year, you know, it gets dark so early outside. It's like five o'clock and it's pitch black outside. And it could be a bit dreary, but the Christmas lights cheer me up. I mean, my, my neighborhood is lit up really good and those lights really cheer me up because how many of you know a little bit of light makes a big difference? If you've ever had a power outage in your house, you know, <laughs> you walk in and you just go to flip the lights on and they don't come on. A little bit of light makes a big difference. Have you ever been somewhere where it was so dark you couldn't find your way around? Maybe during a power outage or maybe you went out into the country at nighttime and you couldn't even see anything in front of you. You couldn't find your way around. Last year I was in Montana. I was on a pastor's retreat and we were already kind of in the middle of nowhere, Fort Smith, Montana. And one night we decided to go out and look at the stars. So we went out on this country dirt road out to this reservoir. And I mean, you want to talk about middle of nowhere. The perfect opportunity to see some stars. It was very dark outside and it was magnificent. I mean, you could see the Milky Way. You could see stars like you can never see here in the New York City area with all the light pollution that we have. And it was amazing to see the stars. But here's the other thing I remember. You also couldn't see your hand in front of your face. It was so dark. You couldn't see where you were stepping. I remember getting just a few feet away from the van that we drove in to get up there and I couldn't see the van anymore. So what did we all do? We all took out our cell phones and we were using our flashlights, right, as we, as we moved around so we could see where we were stepping because we needed some direction. Light gives us direction. It helps us because without it, we lose our way. And here's the truth, church. The same thing happens to us in, light, in life. We drift. Have you ever found yourself in a season of life where you're like, how did I end up here? Never thought I'd be here. How did I end up at this place in, in my marriage? So broken. How did I end up at this place in my finances, in my career? How, how did I end up in this place with my health? How did I let my health get this far away from me? How did I end up here? I never thought I'd be here. I saw myself being somewhere else in life by the time I got to this age. We've probably all felt that way before. We can drift in this life. And here's the good news. Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, all throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus inviting people to follow him out of their darkness. He says, I will show you the way forward. I will show you the way out of your darkness. You're in a dark place and you need a light and I'm inviting you to follow me. Every person that Jesus met, when we read about his life in the gospel, he offered them the same solution. He didn't give them a religious to-do list. He didn't make them jump through a bunch of spiritual hoops. He gave them one solution and his solution was himself. He said, I'm inviting you to follow me. Follow me out of your, your darkness. And there's one thing that we all have in common in this place. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, we all experience darkness at times. We all do. It's not just you. You're not alone. We all experience darkness. Sometimes it's the darkness of depression and anxiety and fear overwhelming us. Sometimes it's the darkness of, of grief and loss. Sometimes it's the darkness of relational brokenness. And then we know scripture tells us that we've all experienced the, the darkness of our sinful decisions. And our culture doesn't like that word sin, but let me put it to you this way. There are things about us that are broken that we can't fix in ourselves. If we're honest, every person in this place, there are things about us that if it was publicly broadcast in this room right now, we would be ashamed of. 
And the Bible calls it sin. It's the things that we do that cause us to live out of sync with God's best for us. But all the good news is, is that Jesus came to us as a light. Jesus came to us as, as a light to show us the way. Listen to me, the world didn't need another great moral teacher. The world didn't need another great philosopher. What we needed was a savior to come and show us the way out of our darkness. And the only way to get out of a dark place is to follow someone who has more light than you have. Oh, if you're out in the middle of the dark in the country like I was that night and you don't have a flashlight, you need the guy with the flashlight. That's who you need. The way out of the darkness, the only way out of the darkness is to find someone who has more light than you have. And Jesus says, I am that person. You can follow me. The good news of Christmas is that God has not left us alone in the dark. You don't have to go through this life, this life on your own, trying to make it on your own, wondering if God is there. He's come to us and Jesus is the light of the world. And I don't know about you, but I found myself praying these past few weeks. I found myself praying and thanking God, Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you came to this broken world. Jesus, thank you that you came to me, recognizing all over again how much I need his light in my life. And let me tell you today, here's the best thing you're gonna hear. Here's the best news of Christmas. Jesus comes to us, he's the light of the world. And he says, follow me. And we can choose to live in that light. We can walk in that light. We can know him. We can know God in a personal way. That light can shine in the darkness. Jesus said the light shines in the darkness. The gospel of John, the light shines in the darkness and the light has overcome the darkness. We don't have to be ruled by the darkness of our lives, but we can follow Jesus who is the light of the world. And that's what I wanna invite you to do today. Would you bow your heads in a moment of prayer with me to pray for a moment to reflect in the midst of our Christmas celebrations because how Jesus came reveals who he is. And we can take a moment today to thank him for who he is in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful celebration. We thank you for the best news the world has ever heard. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. God, we thank you that you, you came to us. Jesus, you are, you're God's gift to us. You're the answer to our prayers. In those times when we cry out, and God, we wonder where you are. And if there's a God up there somewhere, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. And Jesus, you are the answer to every longing of our hearts today. And we thank you that Jesus, you are God with us. You are Emmanuel, God with us. You're not a God who's distant. You're not a God who's far away. And so right now, I pray that every person would know that you are God with us, the God who shares his divine nature with us so that we can be someone we can never be on our own. And Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world. You are a light in our darkness. I pray for every person in this place, any person in this room who senses some darkness in their life, maybe the darkness of grief, maybe the darkness of depression, maybe the, the darkness of loneliness right now relational brokenness. Jesus, we thank you that you are the light and we can follow you out of our darkness. And so we choose to follow you today. And as we're praying, I wanna pray for the person today who would say, Pastor Jeremy, there's darkness in my life. I recognize there's some darkness and I need a light. I can't fix myself. I can't save myself. I need this very thing you're describing and something's tugging at your heart. We believe that is God. The tugging of a the tugging on your heart of a gentle God is leading you to himself, leading you to his son, Jesus. And today, 
You can simply say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. And so I want to invite you to pray that with me today. Just say yes to Jesus. Come on, pray all over this place. Jesus, I say yes to you today. I say yes to you. I want to follow you. I admit there's darkness in my life and I can't fix myself. Just pray this with me. I admit I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. And so I choose to follow you today, Jesus. I believe you're the light of the world. I believe you are the son of God. That you live for me. That you died on the cross for my sins. And you were resurrected to give me new life. And I follow you today. Father, I thank you for every person who prayed that prayer for the first time, for the hundredth time. Lord, we thank you for new life in Jesus Christ. That whoever's in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Jesus, we thank you for your beautiful light that shines into our lives this time of year and leads us out of the darkness. We thank you for that precious gift in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org or follow us on social media.